Himalaya. I'm Rosa Ricard, and this is The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a podcast where we celebrate self-love and meeting your full potential. Our guest today is a transformational teacher who made it his mission to help others love themselves. Welcome to the podcast, Coop Blackson. How are you? Awesome. Thanks for having me. I'm so Great excited. To be here. I'm so excited to have you here. Like It's been a while, but we finally... I was just telling you that I was so excited. I first met you um, at a conference that we did together with Panesh Desai. And I remember you went on stage and I just remember hearing how passionate you were when speaking. And that what for me was like a transformational moment because I think we take for granted words. And I think we take for granted the emotions that are tied into the words. And really when you pour your spirit and your soul into them, how much it could touch your spirit. So yeah. I'm never going to forget that moment. But we're going to start today <laughs> with inspirational quote by you. And oh, I really wow. love this. Yes, yes. Today you are the quote. You're bringing the inspiration all the way around. When you tap into the power of acceptance, it allows you to say maybe what I thought was best isn't the best. Maybe there's something greater about to happen. Hmm, sounds like a wise quote. Where did it's, you find that? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit. What was the inspiration? Like, where? How did you get to that point of understanding? Like, you maybe know, there's something greater because yeah, I think I, I feel like we fall and sometimes we're like, that's it. It's over. We're done. There's nothing. Like, that's it. My life is over. You know, I think many times we try to, we think we know what's going to happen or we go into a situation or we go into a relationship and we, we already have this preconceived idea, okay, this is this way, it's going to be this, it's not this, and we get so closed. And many times what we think happens doesn't happen. And I think we, we end up trying to, sometimes out of fear or conditioning, we end up trying to control so many things about our lives. And it's got to be this way, it's got to be this way, it's got to be this way. And I think, I think so often when we try to control, we end up limiting the universe, we end up limiting life. And so... Uh, I think the best things in happen I found in life I found happened for me when I wasn't even expecting when I just showed up with an with an open heart when I didn't even even have an agenda and you know meeting your soulmate meeting the best friend meeting you know the the best the, the best things you can't even plan and so I think when we plan with our mind we kind of uh we limit ourselves to the, the conditioning of the mind, which is based on our past experiences and our childhood and what we know and everything we've done. And so, yes, we might have a great life. We might have an amazing life. But I think when we really remain open, then we tap into, we make ourselves available to the infinite possibilities of life, the infinite possibilities of, of the universe. And so I found out that sometimes when things don't happen according to plan or things don't go according to what I want, uh, it's sometimes grace, you know, it's a blessing from the universe. And many of the things that I thought I wanted at a particular moment, I look back now from this perspective and I go, thank God, God that relationship didn't, didn't work out. Thank yes. God that situation didn't work out. I mean, I, I really wanted a TV show many, many, many years back. And I think, thank God that didn't happen. I wasn't ready. The, the person wasn't, all these things weren't right. And so I, I really feel like life itself, which has been around, you know, billions of years, you and I, we've been around 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, however many years we as human beings okay the oldest human being 110 years but life has been around 13 14 billion years before billion us. compared yes, to, before, before us, us. Before there us. is an there is an intelligence you know we cut our finger you cut your finger you don't have to be a good person you don't have to meditate you don't have to pray you don't have to help people you just cut your finger you keep it clean there is an intelligence inside of our body that knows how to heal itself if we just create the environment and keep it clean so i think we've lost touch in our effort to control our lives so much, I think we've lost touch with 
sort of a, a with the flow and we've lost touch to, to, to sort of being in harmony with nature, forgetting that we are a part of nature and working with this innate intelligence. And so that's, that's kind of what inspired the quote. Cool. What do you think? You're touching on, on so many amazing points. And I think now more than ever, um, if you thought you were in control, everything happens, uh-huh. the pandemic happens, throws us one, stops everything, changes our life, our perspective, our vision, changes our plans, just like that. What do you think is important to start to surrender, to start to kind of to open up to the universe and the possibilities that it has and not be anxious about it? You know, I think we have to, I think one of the, yeah, the pandemic, I would say was obviously, you know, we all had great plans for 2020. We're going to do this. We're going to achieve that. Oh my God. January, February, eh, totally unexpected. 2020 yeah. didn't quite go. And that's life. To, you know, it's life. It's just how it always is. Uncertainty is a part of life. You know, the, the change is a part of life. This is just the fluctuation of life. So I think the more we can embrace that, the more we can accept that, the more free we will be. But I also feel as though this pandemic, this year is giving us the opportunities, the universe giving us the opportunity for a moment to take a step back, to reflect, to be still. So we can resist it and fight it, which keeps us stuck doing the same thing and probably you know, it's going to take us in a, in a direction of suffering. But I think if we can use this time to say, okay, universe is giving me a moment to step back, to reflect. Let me use this time to really go within myself, to meditate, to, to journal, to connect with myself and ask myself. Because I think for so, off, for so long, many of us, we were just being busy and busy and running just around doing. and go, just doing, doing, doing. And sometimes if you ask people, where are you going? I don't know. Where, where, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going. Well, what are you running from? I don't even know what I'm running from because we got so caught up in just being busy for the sake of being busy. And, and so I think we have to take some moment to take a step back to reevaluate who am I really? Because sometimes even if you're busy being successful at being busy, just because you're successful, we can get caught, caught in what I call a trap of success, doing what works because it works and because you're good at it. But that doesn't mean you're, you're growing happy. and evolving. That doesn't mean you're happy. That doesn't mean you're evolving as a soul. That doesn't mean you're living in alignment with your purpose. You're just doing what works because it works and you're good at it and it makes money, which is fine, but it doesn't mean you're truly alive. And so I think this is giving us the opportunity to really reconnect with like, who am I really? What is my purpose really? What, what, am, I, what am I really on this planet to do? What's really truly important to me, which sometimes I think we can lose touch with in the sort of high tech world that we live yeah. in. And so that's the first thing I would say. The other thing I think we, we, we get to do during this time is I always say, look, the next level of our lives. And I think this year, even though it's challenging, we will look back on this year. If we go through this process that is giving us an opportunity to what I call reset ourselves, we are given the opportunity to actually have a reset. And so the next level of our lives requires the next level of ourselves. You know, the next level of our vision requires we be the next level. So you can't go to the next level being an old version of yourself. And so no, the you universe is actually, you have to prepare. And you that means let, letting go of the things that really aren't, are no longer aligned. Maybe there's relationships that are no longer aligned. Maybe there's belief systems you're holding. Maybe there's anger, shame, fear, guilt, pain, resentment that you're holding towards people from the past, an ex, you know, your parents, stuff from, from your childhood that is giving us the opportunity to say, look, to truly rise to the next level of greatness, we have to let go. And so I think many times we're afraid to let go because we know ourselves to be a certain way. We're afraid to let go because we have a certain identity about this is who I am. We're afraid to let go because we've built something and it works, but it's no longer in alignment with our purpose. And so the fear of letting go is one thing. And so I think we have to be willing to 
we have to be willing to let go of what's no longer working by being really honest with ourselves about how we truly feel in our hearts. And one of the things that keeps us stuck as human beings are all the ways that we lie to ourselves. In so many mm. ways, we are lying to ourselves. No, I'm in this relationship. It's cool. When deep down we know like it was over five years ago or we're working yeah. a job that we're like, well, this is okay. And I'm grateful. And sometimes we even use gratitude as an excuse. To and be it's truly, an excuse. As an excuse to be really honest. Mm. So yeah. I think where we can start is the, it takes courage. The courage to be really honest, to tell the truth. Ask yourself these two questions. Number one, what lies am I telling myself? What lies am I telling myself? We sometimes play a game, Rosie, of like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm confused when deep down, you we know. Really do know. We the know. Confusion, we... The confusion comes because the fear and the reality are there, but you're afraid okay. to make that decision. You are the so confusion afraid. The confusion is a smoke screen because if I stay confused, I don't know whether I should stay in this relationship or leave. I don't know what I should do. I don't know what my purpose is. Then I don't actually have to do anything because I'm confused. And there's a part of us that always knows when you end that relationship after two years of confusion, you tell, we often tell our friends, I knew it wasn't going to work. We, we knew, we yeah, knew. We knew. Down. So, so I think we have to be willing to tell the truth to ourselves, ask ourselves, what am I pretending to not know? And really be honest about that and really have the courage to, to acknowledge what the consequence of not being true to ourselves is. There is a consequence and that consequence is often painful. But the challenge is we feel the pain as human beings, but because we're afraid of the consequence, we don't want to feel the pain. And so we avoid it. it. We avoid the pain. We avoid the pain of not living our truth. We avoid the pain of not living what we're really here to do. We avoid the pain of like continuing down that road of addiction. We avoid the pain of continuing in that job that we hate or that relationship that is not aligned. We avoid the pain. So what I'm actually inviting, and I think one of the profound things of 2020 where we're being quarantined and locked down and what have you, we can't go anywhere. We can't- like, You're forced to look at the, yourself. <laughs> the, the universe has kind of done a chess move and, made, and said, checkmate, you have to sit at home. You have to stay at home. You can't distract yourself with parties. You can't distract yourself with gatherings. You can't distract yourself with friends. You can't distract yourself with shopping, with sex, with vacations. You have to sit down and listen to your soul and deal with the truth in your heart. And it's uncomfortable and it's challenging, but to truly transform ourselves as human beings, we have to be willing to bring all the things that we have suppressed in the sort of deep part of our shadow, our unconscious, and bring that to the surface. This is a pure process of purification that we are in as, as a planet, all the stuff is coming to the surface. As human beings, as we are being forced to sort of sit with ourselves, the universe has said, go sit in the corner, be with yourselves. It is not a punishment. This, to me, this is an invitation for us to awaken, an invitation for us to grow, an invitation for us to evolve. So we have to be willing to feel the pain of what it's costing us. And what we often do is we distract ourselves and the distracting of ourselves keeps us perpetuating and cycling, doing the same thing over and over and again. Feel the pain and then make a decision, make a decision and start taking steps towards that. So this is an opportunity to, I think, if we're courageous enough shit, to make that shift. And many of us know the shifts we need to make. We just haven't had the courage to do it until now. Mm. And now we have the chance. So you talk about making the shift, making these decisions. You're so passionate about it. Was there a moment in your life that you're like, I was there. If you're going through this, I understand the confusion. I understand the fear of pain. I understand the fear of 
the unknown or making that decision into moving into something, you're like, all right, I know this. Like for me, this is security. It might be painful. I know this. I don't know what's on the other side. Were you ever in that place and just had that moment of breakthrough? You're like, all right, I'm done. Like it can't get any more worse than this. Like this is it. There there have been many moments in my life over the last years where I've wanted to give up. You know, I've just felt like giving up. It was too hard. I remember, uh, uh, you know, in my early 20s, I I wanted to be the next Oprah and do a TV show. And I was pitching, I was pitching all these people, like hundreds of people, you name them, I pitched them. And I was rejected and I was laughed out and I was laughed, literally laughed and ridiculed out out of offices and just wanted to give up, you know, and got depressed. And and, and finally, these huge uh, managers, the, the guys that managed Michael Jackson and Mariah Carey and Leonardo DiCaprio and on and on and on. They were like, we're going to make you a star. We're going to take you into Fox. Let's do the show. Boom. They gave me the contract to, to, to sign. I went into meditation. I said, give me a day to meditate on it. They're like, meditate on it. I'm like, I, I need to, it needs to be aligned for me. And I got no. I got a no. I got an absolute no. You got a no? After, okay. like, after years of That's pitching. Crazy, I mean, I pitched Spielberg. I pitched David Geffen. I pitched Fox. I pitched Dick Clark. I mean, the list goes on and on. And, I, and these managers are like, we see it, we're gonna make you huge. And this is everything I ever wanted and my soul said no. And Hold I, on. I, I, I got I, the I have to ask you, like I have to ask you, okay, so so you go into this meditation. So how can we learn to pay attention to that yes and to that okay. no? Like you Very said, simple. like you wanted it. You wanted it, but I you got a no. I wanted how, it. How, how, how did you know it was a no? There was a resonance and people think it's going to be like, maybe sometimes for some people it will be like a loud voice like, no, this is your universe speaking. (laughs) Sometimes it's not like that. Sometimes it's just a subtle feeling in your gut that feels like something feels a little off here. Something, and, and it's not even a whisper. It's just a, it's like the wind. It's a subtle, it's so subtle. And what we tend to do is we don't pay attention to that. For me, because I had not paid attention to that feeling for so long, and each time I didn't pay attention to it, just through sheer stubbornness and experience, right? I realized, oh, this is that same feeling that I get when I'm guided to not do something. And whenever I go against this feeling, it only results in pain. Relationships that I went into when I first met, met a woman that said, stay away from her, and I went right into the relationship. That same feeling, and I'm like, I'm feeling that same feeling feeling in time my to gut. listen it's time, time to, to listen, listen and all action. lessons are repeated until learned. they're learned absolutely amen to that well we're going to take a short break sure. to hear a message from our sponsors but we're going to be right back because we're going to reconnect and we're going to talk about love love <laughs> getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right. So now we've gone from chasing your dreams, understanding when you get a no, and it's a feeling that you get. It's a sense. And sometimes we ignore it. But when we ignore our intuition, that voice that tells us, don't do that, don't go there, don't act this way, it equals to pain. 
So when we get in tune with that, how important is it to understand that that's a form of loving yourself as well, being in tune with your spirit? Like that's a form of self-love. How do we learn to love ourselves? I think we learn to love ourselves by, by really taking a moment to connect with ourselves, by taking a moment to, 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 to truly bring compassion, compassion and and acceptance to all those parts of ourselves that we actually find unlovable, all those parts of ourselves that we judge, all those parts of ourselves that are hurting inside. Many times we like, oh, I love this about me and I love that about me, but I hate this about me and I hate this about me and I hate that about me. Those parts of ourselves that we judge, those parts of ourselves that are in pain, those parts of ourselves that we think are ugly, those parts of ourselves that are insecure, Those are the parts that really need the most love and true healing. True healing happens when we're willing to apply loving compassion to those parts of ourselves just by taking a moment to connect. And sometimes we realize that, you know, even when we act out in certain ways that we don't like, like, oh, I hate this about me. Underlying every every behavior is usually a positive intention. So even those parts of ourselves that were being negative or doing that addiction or weren't nice or like, I hate the fact that I procrastinate. How can I love that? Underlying that behavior, usually there's something that that part of ourself is seeking to get, seeking to protect ourselves from that at the deepest level was positive, was positive. Maybe, yeah. by, procrastinate, maybe by procrastinating, like you might say, could I hate this part of me? I want to get rid of it. No, that, that, just, that just reinforces the pattern and creates an unconscious internal resistance even more because now you are judging and fighting a part of yourself that actually needs more love what we end up doing is we end up beating ourselves up to try and transform and then that part that we judge what we judge gets reinforced and gets stronger so let's let's say you you're procrastinating you're like i hate this part of me i would say stop hating it realize that underlying that procrastinating part of you it's seeking a positive intention what could that be maybe it's trying to prevent you from Getting rejected, okay, by, 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 mm. by keeping you safe from getting rejected, what does that give you a sense of? It gives me a sense of safety, okay, by feeling safe. What does that give you a sense of? A sense of peace. So at the deepest level, what it's trying to get you is peace, but, but the way it's learned, to go, the way we've learned to go about getting a sense of peace, the, the, method, the, the method is a little off, but the intention is beautiful, which is peace. You know, but the way wow. we've learned is we've developed all of these survival mechanisms from childhood, you know, to yeah. function and survive. You know, look, as children, we're born these free beings. You look at a child, the child jumps on the table and, free, and laughs. Happy, and loving. Did I see a picture of you? You had a, uh, you had a kid recently? Yes, I have a yes, baby. So yes, 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 So yes. you know, I was on your Instagram like, oh, she has a baby. Congratulations. So you look at a child. A child is in touch with the divine. They're shining. The, the, the light is bright. They'll jump on the table. They'll laugh. They don't care if they can't sing like, you know, Celine Dion or Bruno Mars or, or they don't care if they're naked and oh, my little fat. They're just, they're just totally free. What happens is we're born into the world. We meet our parents. Our parents are just doing the best that they can do based on their childhood and their upbringing. Yeah. And so two things happen. This is how we start losing touch. We, we're born into an environment where maybe there's pain, there's trauma, there's divorce, there's hurt, there's guilt. Maybe mm. we're just neglected. And so the first thing is we start shutting down parts of ourselves in order to not feel the pain of our environment because it was too painful when dad was screaming. It was too painful when mom wasn't around. It was too painful to deal with the, the, the addiction. So we start shutting parts of ourselves down to not feel the pain inside. And the other thing is we start developing all sorts of uh, a sense of roles, masks, and personas, the sense of who do I need to be 
in mm. order to be loved. You know, personally, growing up in my father's church, my father was a preacher. I grew up with the sense of like, uh, I need to be perfect. I need to be the responsible one. I need to be the good boy. This, this was a role, a defense mechanism. It, these are survival mechanisms that we create to function, survive, get love and be approved. But underlying all of them, they're trying to get us something positive. So if we can realize that, it can move us into a relationship of compassion, then we can, we can, we can say not love the behavior, but love the drive and the motivation. And that shifts our relationship to that part and we can bring loving to ourselves. So what's one thing that someone that's listening right now can start doing to love themselves? Just one simple thing that yes. automatically, as soon as they listen to this podcast, yep. they could just sit there and like, all right, I'm going to take okay. action right now. Find one part of yourself that you don't like, that you judge, that you judge harshly, that you don't love. Take a moment, but place your hand on your heart. Visualize this part. Now ask this part, just kind of in your mind, ask this part, mm -hmm. what is your positive intention? And really listen, like, what is it that you're trying to get from me that's positive? And go down to the deepest level, you know, keep you safe. By keeping me safe, what are you trying to get from me? I'm trying mm -hmm. to just, just have you be peaceful. Thank you. And then just then thank that part. So kind of have a communication to that part of yourself. Thank mm -hmm. that part. And as you really get to the positive intention, that opens up a sense of compassion. And then just breathe in loving and acceptance and just em and embrace for that part of you by saying thank you for wanting me to to be safe. And that moves us into a relationship of, of, of let's say, compassion with, with ourselves. You said, say thank you. How important is gratitude today more than ever? Everything. Gratitude is everything. To me, grat grat abundance is not about simply what you have. Money, you know, bank account, cars, homes. I mean, all of that's great. I, I think we should all have abundance. But I think uh, you can have everything in the world, but if you're not grateful, for what you have, you're still poor. No matter how much you have, you can be poor inside. And I think uh, gratitude is when you are truly in touch with the beauty of yourself, the beauty of the moment. Gratitude is, is a spirit of thanks. And, and I think it's, especially now, is everything. It's to mm -hmm. really focus your energy on what you do have, to focus your energy on what you do have. I think that is true abundance, a state of being in relationship with the, I mean, look, if you look at the world, even if you, if, even if you don't have very much, in every moment, when I look out at the universe, the sun is shining for me every day. Every day the sun shines. The sun never says, well, today mm, I've been giving to you for the last 30, 40 years of your life, and you've never said thank you to me. And so I'm not going to shine that much on you today. I'm only going to shine on Rosie. Every day the sun just shines. Shines. So, for just everyone, shines. yes. Everyone. For everyone. everyone. I'm like, we are being loved by life. Every single, the sun is shining. The air, it, you know, the, the, the trees are giving us oxygen to breathe. The floor is holding us up. The, the, the meal that we ate, there is love and intention from the truck driver and the chef and the person and the person in, you know, the grocery. All of these people have come and together in every single, every single moment. Yeah. to bless us. Life is loving us each moment. We just often are focused on what we don't have rather than what we do have. And I think the more we give thanks, the more, we will, the more our energy rises, the more we will attract to us beautiful experiences to be thankful about. So I always say, it's not just what you think about that makes a difference. People say, oh, what you think about, think and grow rich. I, I say, give thanks. It's what you think about that comes about, not just right. what you think about. Wow. 
What about if someone finds themselves in a moment of real darkness? What is one thing that they could start doing to get out of the darkness, get out of the problem, to re refocus on something else, to let go of the anxiety, to create that shift, that first step? What's the first step someone should do when you find yourself in a really bad place? In a really bad place, it's challenging. I think we've all been in those places. One, yeah. thing, I one thing I would say even before they actually take action is I believe every experience in our lives happens for a reason, Absolutely. even if it's challenging. So even our darkest moments are teaching us something. There's something even in that most challenging place that our soul is seeking to learn. So the first thing I would say before you just run away from it, don't be afraid of the darkness. Don't wallow in the darkness, but don't be afraid of the darkness because I believe that some of our greatest transformation and some of our mm. greatest healing happens in the darkness. Your child was inside of your womb in the darkness of the cocoon for nine months, and that was part of the birthing process. So sometimes the darkness and being willing to stay in the darkness, not judge ourselves, not judge the process, not judge the universe, but be in that process with ourselves because we're often so afraid of being with ourselves. And sometimes that's what we need so we can hear God's, God's intuition. We can hear our soul's intuition. We can hear what we're being guided to do. So I think we should embrace the darkness and ask ourselves, what is my soul seeking to learn in this moment of my life right now? What are the lessons I'm needing to learn? How, what am I needing to release? What, how, what am I needing to embrace about myself so that we can really grow and evolve? You know, many times we want to get to the next level of our life, but we haven't quite learned or we haven't learned the lesson that we need to learn where we are. So we were not going to the next level or we haven't become the people we need to become truly mm -hmm. yet to, to, to manifest the next level. And so we're stuck. And because we're stuck and we hit against the wall, we're in the darkness. So I say, use that darkness as a moment to be still and go inside, trans and then take action. Then ask yourself, okay, well, what, what's, in my, what's in my control? Many times we stay stuck in the darkness and feel helpless because we're focusing on everything we can't control. I can't control the world. I can't mm -hmm. control the government. I can't control the pandemic. Oh my God, I feel helpless. And we, get, we, we spiral into a deeper depression or darkness. Yeah. So I say, Focus on, okay, what's in my power to control? What can I control? What can I do? Maybe I can exercise. Maybe I can eat healthily. Maybe I can take a walk in nature. I'll say, take a walk in nature. You know, sometimes we spiral into darkness too because, you know, because uh, sometimes we're just so focused on ourselves and my pain and my problem and we forget the perspective that there's probably millions of other people that are also going through what we're going through in that particular moment mm -hmm. as well. So even in our darkness, we are not alone. We've just fixated on ourselves. So remember, even in your darkness, you're not alone. There's millions of people that are also going through it in this human experience. Connect with them. Let them inspire you. But also take the focus off of yourself. And I would say, ask yourself, how can you be of service in a small way? Even mm. if in a small, in a small way, because when you, when, when you're in the darkness, we turn inside. When you yeah. open yourself to be of service, you, you start turning outside and something starts opening in you to the light. When you open your heart to give and love. Last thing I would say is many times we go into the darkness or we stay stuck in the darkness because we've been suppressing so many emotions from the past that we haven't dealt with breakups, situations with our parents and what have you. And those stuffed, stuffed emotions over time have built up so much that it's covering up. The darkness is just telling us we have covered up the light of our souls. Even in the midst of the darkness, there is a light in our souls that perhaps 
it just covered up with the sort of suppressed emotion. So use that time. Don't just distract yourself. Use that time to be willing to courageously feel your feelings, feel the feelings you haven't felt. We're often afraid to feel the feelings because we're afraid we're going to die. It's going to overwhelm us. All feelings are felt. All feelings remain present till fully felt. And when we feel our feelings in a healthy way, you know, in a conscious way, then we find that they dissolve. They don't last yeah. forever unless we suppress them. So sometimes darkness is just a signal that we have suppressed our feelings. And we and need we to release. To feel, and we need to release them. So cry your tears out. Feel the heartbreak that you haven't felt. You know, scream it out. Shout it out. Be in nature. Go to the ocean. But get those feelings out. And you will find that the darkness starts to fade. And the light that was always there will shine through again. I like what you said about opening up and being of service in some yes. of your darkest moments. How yes. that opens you up. How did you find that out to be a truth when you're of service in your deepest pain, you go and help someone else out. It opens, you know, you, you breathe. I, I feel like I've, and that's something that I do automatically when I am having a really bad day, a really dark moment, I've learned to, all right, it hurts. It, I'm in deep pain. Who can I help automatically? I know that I'm going through something because there's this yearning, this need to be able to help someone else out. And I feel like, it's a way of releasing for me. And yes. as I see what someone else is going through, it brings me back to say, yeah. wow, life is not that bad. Not that I bad. need to be more grateful we for the things ship. that I do have and stop looking at scarcity and problems and start focusing on what I do have in my life and be grateful because gratitude attracts more and fear pushes away. Yeah, we need to shift. We need to shift our focus. Often, when we're turned inside on ourselves, me, me, my, 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 we're focused inside. We're just looking, you know, at the darkness. Nothing shifts. But when we focus outside, we open to the light and we shift the focus just off of ourselves into a space of service and contribution. I think that's the beauty. Many years ago, um, it must have been in my early twenties. I went to India for the first time, and I was in a I was in a place of darkness. This was just when you know I turned down this TV show. I was depressed. I was mad at God. I was frustrated. I was confused. I didn't know what my purpose was. I broke up with my girlfriend. All of my life was collapsing and falling apart. And I was I said to the universe, universe, I, what do you want from me? You know, I feel like I'm following my path, and nothing is working out. And I just, I gave up. I said, I give up. I'm not coming back to America until, until I get some answers. I want to find the keys to happiness because I've tried everything and nothing in my life seems to be working. I've tried everything. And so I felt like I reached the edge of my own ego's capacity to control my life, you know? So I went to India and cut a long story short, I went north and south and east and west in a quest for happiness. I met monks and teachers and light masters and what have you. I was becoming more miserable on the journey than before. I was, it was hot. I was sick. I was tired. I almost died in a car accident. I almost died in the Himalayas. I'm like, this, this, this happiness thing is not worth it. But one time I went to where the Buddha, the Buddha got enlightened, a place called Bodh Gaya, where he got enlightened under the Bodhi tree. And I'm not Buddhist, but I thought if there's any place to get enlightenment or happiness, this might be the place. Yeah. After 10 days, I found no one. It's 120 degrees outside. I collapse in front, in front of the temple. About to give up, I'm exhausted. And I see 10 beggars lined up outside. And I think, wow, wow you know, nothing, no, this was not a big deal because in India, you often see beggars and it's like, it's just like a dime a dozen. But this day caught my attention. One particular beggar was sitting on the floor out of the 10 and he was singing. 
Rose, he was singing some, some sort of, I don't know, Indian chant to the divine. I mean, he was singing and full on, full heart, full body, singing his heart out. And I, and I was so moved, you know, when someone's singing and it's like, I was so, so my, my body was vibe. I could feel You could his feel heart. the energy. I could, he wasn't that great, but he was, but, but, but his passion, his energy. And I was like, wow, that, that caught my attention. But when I look closer, number one, I saw him sitting down. Number two, he was blind. That was the second thing. He couldn't see what was happening. He couldn't see if anyone was giving him money. And, I'm, and I started, started to think all of the things I do in my life to get money. He couldn't see if anyone was even appreciating his singing. And I started to think about myself, all of the things I do in my life to get validation. Look at me, please look wow. at me, say thank you to me. And I realized, no wonder I'm so freaking miserable because I'm doing things for money. I'm doing things so that people can see me and love me and validate me. And I'm not free. And here he is, he can't even see. And there he's singing. Then I look more closely and he's beating these drums with stumps of arms that were stumps. And he's beating the drums and I'm like, the guy can't even go to the restroom by himself. And there he is singing, no eyes, no arms. And the reason he is sitting down on the floor is because he has no legs. He's crippled as well in his legs. And, I'm, and I'm, now I'm crying, feeling almost embarrassed for why, why the hell I'm in my darkness when this guy has every reason to be mad, to be sad, to feel like a victim. And he's I mean, not. This, and he's, this guy has a, I'll give him a pass. I'm like, you, yes, you can feel like a victim. I understand. And so I asked about this guy and the people in the village said, yeah, sometimes in India, not everywhere, but sometimes in India, parents sometimes intentionally deform their children in his case so that the kids can stand more of a chance to make money by begging. Now I am crying, I'm just oh tearing, I'm cheering up. And I went up to this guy, I went up to the homeless, to, to, to this man who was homeless with a translator and I knelt down and I sat with him and I, obviously he can't look at me, but I felt like he was looking straight into my soul. And when he looked straight into my soul, I said to him, how is it that you come here every day and you sing? And you, cause I realized he was here every day, but I didn't recognize him. How is it that you come here every day and you sing and you sing and you sing full of light, full of light, full of light. And full, how is it? My friend doesn't call me back and I'm already pissed off. I'm already mad. I'm like, yeah. screw you. And here you are every You're day. Taking things personally. Every day. And he looked at me and he gave me the answer and he said, I had my notebook ready. I thought it was going to be some profound thing, but it changed my life. He said, uh, the translation was, what else is there? to do I was like, what else is there to do what else that this was what he said what else is there to do and i thought damn then he kept playing the drums then he turned back to me he said one last thing <sighs> life might give you everything you want sometimes life may not give you what you want sometimes but you can always give life who you are Wow. And this, and this is why I sing. And I realized in that moment, he was the richest man in the world. Wow. What if we took that approach in life? Would life yeah. not be different? Yeah. So thank you so much for sharing all of your stories. What I like to do right now is I call this Rosie's Takeaways, where we talk about a moment of adversity in your life. You've talked about some of them, and I, that's, that's a powerful experience, but a moment of adversity that you'll never forget that completely changed you, moved you forward, and you said, this is a personal life lesson. I need yeah. to grow from that. And that one was a powerful one. I, that one was a powerful one. Do you have anything, uh, any yeah, other to share? That, I, another one, I think that and I was debating which one, but another one is when, you know, my father, 
who was a healer and a minister called the mirror. He was like a miracle worker. And so he had 300 churches in Ghana, West Africa, one church in London. And uh, I was supposed to take over my father's churches. And uh, I was ordained as a minister, supposed to take over his churches, but I knew that was not my path. I knew that was not my truth. And so when I was 17, I finally uh, had to honor my truth and realize this is not my path. This is not my destiny. I realized that you can, you know, my entire life was set out for me. I looked into my future, 20, 10, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. And I realized I could follow the expected path for me, but if I don't have myself, what do I have? And mm. so I realized there's no shortage of people in life that will tell you who you should be and how mm. you should live and the life that you should live. No shortage, whether it's your parents, whether it's society, whether it's the government, whoever There's always it is, someone there. Yeah, there's always have, someone there. We have to find our own truth and have the courage to live it. And it takes courage to be who you really are. And what I realized is you can't be truly happy living someone else's version for your life, even, even if it's a good life. You can't be truly happy and fulfilled being someone that you're not. So this is the decision I took. And I had the conversation with my father, which at 17 years old was like a death. I was afraid that we wouldn't speak again. I I told my father, I'm not taking over your churches, but I love you. Cut a long story short. We didn't speak for two years. Cut an even longer story short. Now he's one of the absolute loves of my life. And so life is short. You know what I realized is life is short and we have to be willing to follow the truth that we're guided to. And I think when we truly follow our hearts and truly follow the truth of what we're guided to, life supports us, nature supports us, the universe supports us, God supports us, and we are guided on the right path. I ended up winning a green card in the lottery six months later, came to the US with two suitcases, $1,000, knew no one, and my journey began. Wow, well said. Well said, thank you so much for sharing so many lessons, a powerful story, and for being so passionate and inspiring us. Where can people find more inspiration? Uh, I'd say two ways. I'm always on Instagram and Facebook. You can go to my website, kooplaxon.com. My other website, which is a 12-day event, I do boundlessblissbali.com to find out more about transformation. And just uh, send me a message. Cool. thank you so much. God bless you and keep inspiring people around the world. You're on a mission. Big hugs. Thank you so much for listening to The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues. This was amazing, and I hope your life is transformed. A dream, a vision, a goal, a desire, these are all the things most of us know we need when we are working towards success, but we have somewhere along the line forgotten why it is so important we follow through with them. There will always be people who don't support you, who don't believe in you, and who will criticize you, but don't give up. Here are some reasons why it's so important to follow your dreams and your purpose. For one, chasing your dreams and purpose will develop your courage. Courage is your fuel to achieve amazing success in life. Follow your dreams and exercise courage and sure enough, you will be unstoppable. And as you heard today, the secret of living is giving. If you follow your dreams, then you will have something worth sharing with others, hope, inspiration, and a meaning to live. And that to me is a great contribution. When you have a dream, you become an interesting person. You show others you have meaning, direction, and purpose. So go fiercely after what you believe in and never, ever, ever give up. Through consistent effort, discipline, action, you will see your dreams become reality. Remember, I'm always here to help you, always here to grow with you. 
If you want to hear more about my journey, be sure to check out my memoir, The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, available both in English and Spanish through HarperCollins and HarperOne. You can find the link to purchase in the show description or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for listening to The Girl with Self-Esteem Issues, a Himalaya learning podcast. To access my Own Your Shit handbook filled with key insights and exercises and to join a community where you can chat with me directly, go to Himalaya.com forward slash Rosie and enter promo code Rosie at checkout for your first 14 days. Absolutely free. I hope to see you there.